If you will, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Timothy. Pastor Brandon and I will try to get you through a chapter or two tonight. We've been looking at going through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. When we got to the New Testament, we took a little bit of a, of a turn in that we're still going through, but not in the way that the New Testament is laid out in a modern Bible. We took a, a look at the first three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. Then we went into the book of Acts. And then we began looking at the letters of Paul in a chronological order, the way that he wrote them. Your Bibles are assembled in a way that it was the popular way of publishing in the day of the of the collation of the Bible in that the biggest books went first. And so 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, Romans, those books are towards the beginning and the smaller ones are in the back. But that's not the way they came out. So last week in Philippians, we are getting towards the end of life of Paul and his ministry. And we found out that nothing else mattered for him, for Paul. Uh, he says things like, I count all things as lost for the excellency of knowing the knowledge of Christ. And then he said there in chapter 4 something that I personally found amazing the first time I really dwelt on this thing is that after the end of his life, after all of his ministry, after all the things that he's done, the churches that he's planted, he says, oh, that I could get to know him. Wow. You know, Paul, you know him. Look what's being accomplished in your life. That I might gain Christ, that I might be found in him. The power of his resurrection and being conformed to his death. Not in the passion of his death we talked about, but in the manner of his death with a specific purpose and a joy. Paul wanted to live like Christ with a goal to be willing to give himself with a purpose. Paul wanted to lay hold of what Jesus wanted in and from him. Forgetting those things which were behind and reaching forward to those things, pressing on towards the goal, towards the price, towards the prize, towards the upward calling. And now we begin uh, a section uh, that we call the pastoral epistles. Timothy had spent a lot of time with Paul, and along with Luke, they were the most um, consistent and trusted companions. And Paul had established the church in Ephesus. And Timothy was a pastor there now, being sent over to help the churches that met in homes. There were no church buildings. Church met in the homes, and each home had a pastor. And Timothy was sent over there to help these guys in the ministry of the things that they had to do. Um, Timothy was Paul's emissary, if it will be, to the church at Ephesus. Now, John's going to come on the picture later, and we're going to see that as we continue to go through the rest of the New Testament. We're going to go into the general epistles, the epistles of James and Peter. Then we're going to go into the writings of John, uh, his gospel, his letters, and the book of Revelation. So John comes on the scene a little bit later towards the end of the first century. But I want to read you. I found this pretty interesting as we were trying to figure out how to teach was was i going to teach as the old man to the younger the you know paul's perspective or was brandon going to be teaching it as the young man receiving this we kind of talked back and forth on that and tried to figure it out and so i found this uh, actually in the um, preface to um, nelson's bible um, their their little their little paragraph about the epistle and i liked it so much i want to read it to you 
Paul, the aged and experienced apostle, writes to the young pastor Timothy, who is facing a heavy burden of responsibility in the church of Twin Peaks, Ephesus. <laughs> the task is challenging. False doctrines must be erased, public worship safeguarded, and a mature leadership developed. In addition to the conduct of the church, Paul talks pointedly about the conduct of the minister. Timothy must be on his guard, lest his youthfulness become a liability rather than an asset in the, in the gospel. He must be careful to avoid false teachers and greedy motives, pursuing instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and the gentleness that befits a man of God. I thought that was a pretty good little synopsis of what we're looking at. So let's look at the first four verses of the book of Timothy. First Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. To Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is of faith. Let's pray. Father, as we continue to go through the Bible, we pray that you would speak to us and show us, Lord, the things you want us to know from your word. Amen. So Paul, right off in verse 1, he establishes his apostolic authority. Paul, an apostle, telling us who he is and that he has that authority. And then the address to his dear son, to Timothy, a true son. And he uses all three words, grace, mercy, and peace. You know, a lot of times it's just... Grace and, grace and peace, but now it's grace, mercy, and peace. And then in verse 3, he says, I charge or I exhort, I instruct you with a command, is the way it's written in the Greek. It's the same as in verse 1, where he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God. It's there in verse 3, and then it's again in verse 5. Now, the purpose of the commandment. And that seems to be one of the themes that runs through Timothy is this command or this charge, this instruction, almost like it's a military order. This is important. And then he says in verse 4, Don't pay attention to things that cause disputes, but rather to things that cause godly edification. And that is so important. We can get so hung up on majoring on minor issues within the church that we really lose focus and, and sight of what the major things are that we should be paying attention to. And then he goes on instructing Timothy of what to watch out from false teachers. You know, I remember as a young pastor reading this book, this letter, and realizing the importance of it to be in the ministry and to my life personally. And then how blessed we are to have a pastor who simply taught the word of God with Pastor Chuck, that he went forward through it over and over and over, exemplifying what I read there. 
Paul, an aged and experienced apostle. I could say Chuck, an aged and experienced apostle. And I'm glad he's gone home to be with the Lord because if I would have said that, he would, he, would have, he would have let me have it. He would have challenged me to a race or uh, some work with a hammer. And who was willing to call those out? Pastor Chuck was willing to call those out who brought bad teaching into the movement. There were a few who came along and they taught Calvinism. And he clearly went up to him and said, you know what? That's not the way. That's not our stand. So why don't you stop calling yourself Calvary Chapel and go, go ahead and do be what you want to be. You want to be a reformer, go be reformed. And that was what he did on that. Other doctrines came in and out. One of those doctrines that came in the church today, you call it the vineyard. That was a church split. It was a healthy split. The vineyard went on and has done great things and great music with great music coming out of them. But that was a, a group of people within the church that wanted to use the expression of the gifts of the spirit in a way that would become disturbing in the teaching of the word of God. And pastor said, go for it, guys. Let me help you. And we, they, we actually helped some of those things begin. But he was willing to call that out and to set it aside and move on to keep to the teaching of the word of God. That's one of the emphasis that we see here in the book of 1 Timothy. We've had a couple of those in this fellowship. You probably don't know about it, but we've actually had to sit with some people and say, you know what, that's not what we believe here. And so we'd appreciate it. You not teaching that or talking about it in this fellowship. And so I think the same holds true today for our young pastor. uh, Who's going to take us the rest of the way through the book of Timothy. And I'm excited to see how he responds to um, this teaching of Paul. Uh, It's not my teaching. It's Paul's teaching. It came from the Holy Spirit. Um, But before I go... Okay, before I go, I want to just point out a few things that I think are important. So in verse 14 and 15, Paul points out that it's important that there's an abundance of faith and love, which are Christ Jesus. And this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul thought it was important that we preach the gospel. And I think that's important. In chapter two, verse one, Paul points out that it's important to pray with all of the components of prayer. Chapter 3 talks about lifting up leaders and people to help in the ministry, and I'm sure that we'll have some good things from there. In verse 15 of chapter 3, it says this, Paul says, But I am delayed. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now that word is not you, Timothy. That's you, church. That's how you should be able to to speak. Then in chapter 4, verse 6, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith of the of the God of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. These are just things that an old man saw as he was reading through the book. Now, this book took me, and I'm a slow reader, 12 minutes. I really think you guys could read it over and over and over during the week so that you're prepared for the Holy Spirit to teach through Pastor Brandon the things that he wants us to hear in the next few weeks. Chapter 4, verse 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believer in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, 
and in purity. I like that verse because I remember reading this book as a youth. And I felt sometimes intimidated because I was the younger person in a, in a leadership role. But I wanted to, I, I hung on to this verse. Then in verse 16, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I think it's important for all of us pastors, for Pastor Chris, for any of you that are in any kind of ministry for Pastor Ben, that we have our own personal time with the Lord. I think that's what Paul's trying to point out. And then in chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, I am blessed as an older guy to have Pastor Brandon as an assisting pastor or a teaching pastor. He challenges me to think. He challenges me to new ideas. He challenges me to new ways. And I try my best not to constrain him too much and to challenge him to um, remain faithful to those things. And so we've, we've had a lot of fun. And I think this is one of the things that uh, I'm excited to see how he's going to receive what God said through Paul to this young pastor, uh, Timothy, as he continues the study the next few weeks.